It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. We have another fantastic conversation for all of you listeners today, as I am joined by a man who, of course, we knew during his playing days as an All-American at the University of Texas, top 100 pro as well. Of course, now we know him as founder of the Arizona Tennis Classic, that Phoenix 175K Challenger event during the second week of Indian Wells. We also know him as dear friend of our Cracked Rackets team. It's Johnny Levine joining me once again to break down what promises to be the biggest and best iteration of this Arizona Tennis Classic to date. Just look at the field of players. 10 top 50 players right now on the entry list. A rankings cutoff of number 69 in the ATP rankings. This field is absolutely loaded. And thus, it was fantastic to get the opportunity to speak with Johnny, not only about the field, but about why this event promises to be better than ever. The expanded opportunities that will be available for fans who choose to attend. The additional media components they're adding to the mix this year as well to help cover the event. It's just, it's one of my favorite experiences we get during any season. So thrilled our Crack Rackets team will have the opportunity to be back in Phoenix in person for this one. Our coverage, I promise, will be expansive. You're going to enjoy it. But obviously it starts here today with a conversation with Johnny about not only the 2024 field, but again, improvements to the event, changes he's seen in the tennis world throughout his time within it, and so much more. A fantastic, again, conversation that I'm certain all of you listeners are going to enjoy. So without further ado, let's get to it. Here's my conversation with Arizona Tennis Classic founder and our dear friend, Johnny Levine. Joining us on the podcast once again today is a man whose accolades speak for themselves. Where to start? Two-time All-American at the University of Texas. Two-time quarterfinalist in doubles at the majors. The 1981 gold medalist at the Maccabi Games. Now, of course, we know him as founder of the Arizona Tennis Classic, or dare I say more importantly here in these parts, our dear friend, Johnny Levine, joining us on the show once again. Johnny, welcome back to the podcast. I want to talk all things Arizona Tennis Classic 2024 edition in the moment. But first, I have to ask, I got to see your smiling face in New York at Columbia for the National Indoors. Was it nice to be back around the collegiate game? And how are you doing, my friend? Well, first of all, Alex, it's great to be on your show again. And uh, it's always a pleasure to, uh, to to chat with you. And it was fun seeing you, although it was brief, um, you know, getting to see you behind your, your microphone at the indoor <laughs> Uh, nationals at Columbia Tennis Center is just incredible. And I happen to have been in town and wanted to see my Longhorns play. And, um, you know, they, they got beat a little early. Uh, it's a team that we know has a chance to win the NCAA's uh, team this year. But, you know, we can't win them all. And they ended up winning all their consolation matches. But at the same time, I was able to see Ohio State play. And 
they have a fantastic team and the level of college tennis just continues to get better and better. And it's just, uh, it's super impressive. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I want to ask you again, we are going to talk all things Arizona tennis classic, but I'm curious because again, you're someone who was an NCAA single semi-finalist on teams that reached the round of 16. You got the chance to see Ohio State play. I don't know if you got to see their pre-match war chant, which is what I refer to their warm-up as when they're all shuffling in line and then the fist pumps come. But that energy, that enthusiasm, that passion, was that there to that degree when you were playing? Like, Is this something new to college tennis? I'm just curious. Yes, I believe I believe the pre-excitement uh, and, and chants and stuff, uh, I don't recall us ever doing that. And I have noticed it on a couple of the college matches that I've seen, and it's it's quite a thing. Um, you know, I've been back to, to Austin a couple of times and I've seen some matches and, you know, packed crowds. And obviously it's a new stadium there, um, new tennis center, which is beautiful, but it, it gets a lot of people out. And, and it's just the excitement is just, definitely taken to a new level for sure i mean we, we we went pretty crazy during matches and stuff and excitement but this is something i've never seen before it's it's pretty cool yeah and i do think we saw that same sort of passion and enthusiasm from the fans in phoenix last year who got to enjoy the arizona tennis classic and that's where i want to start in talking about your event because obviously it is a fantastic field and i want to ask you about all the different names how this event continues to entice so many players, but it does feel like you have community buy-in in a sense that these are tennis fans who understand, let's have some fun. Let's get passionate about this sport. And I'm curious how you fostered that sort of culture around your event. Well, I mean, you know, tennis has is, is grown in popularity and the, the Grand Slams are, are, are the biggies. And I think the exposure that the Grand Slams get now um, is reaching people that are just maybe weren't very big into tennis, but the, 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 the popularity of those events has created a lot more interest in the game and people following certain players. And, you know, the U S open is, is, you know, a, a fan favorite for, for most people these days. And so that, that carries over to some smaller tournaments and you get into a town like Phoenix where tennis is super popular. The weather is great most of the year, especially, you know, in March, we, we typically get, get great weather and being outdoors is is always a pleasure and i think to watch some of the highest level tennis players in the world play in an environment like at the phoenix country club in a beautiful environment with you know some some you know food and beverage and i just think it all adds up to a great experience for for our sponsors and the general public as well yeah, and to have this event for a third consecutive season now uninterrupted, obviously you guys had the first edition of the event in 2019, was able to come back 2022-2023. Uh, talk to me about what it means to bring this back for a fourth time, third consecutive season, and what fans can expect here in 2024. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we started out in 2019, and we kind of did it uh, you know, off, off the cuff, and we, we had a couple extra folks help us some consultants that had run tournaments before so we we, we were able to get through it and we built a, a pretty good volunteer group um, but it's been a it's been a process and we've learned um, things every year and we hope to continue to make it better each year from you know the seating to the hospitality to the overall experience and you know this year we've got some upgrades to the stands and the seating and the VIP experience and 
There's going to be, you know, we have the electronic signage coming this year again for the second year, but we're going to do it around the court. We're going to have the electronic line calling. Um, so the tournament just continues to get upgraded. Um, I think the players like it. We get a lot of players that come back, have been back before, which shows a lot that the players enjoy it and they talk about it. And um, yeah, and then the field speaks for itself. The cutoff this year, uh, the initial cutoff is 69, which is, you know. Just a ridiculous. Uh, top 75 players. You're, you're in qualifying. Yes, exactly. And you've got you've got 10 guys in the top, you know, 50 in the world. And we were just so excited to see that Andy Murray entered the tournament. You know, you've got a former number one in the world, two time Wimbledon champion, two time Olympic gold medalist and won the U.S. Open. I mean, and this is a guy that keeps fighting and and has shown such resilience and and passion for the game that, uh, you know, we, we we're just super excited and hope, you know, hope to see him play some, some tennis here in Phoenix. Yeah. I'm so excited to get down there once again. And it's such an, uh, we so appreciate the opportunity here at Crack Rackets to play any sort of part in the event. I want to follow up on a couple of things in your answer there. And the first thing I want to start with is the electric line calling. I know that's something you guys had last season, but you know, the more I, around this sport, the more I realize that is a significant investment on behalf of the tournament. And let's be clear, again, this tournament is meant to raise funds, not for you personally, but you raise funds for an outstanding cause. I want to talk about that a little bit later. Why was the investment in electronic line calling something you wanted to pursue? It's just, it's fascinating to me. Well, I think the accuracy uh, has been pretty pretty great with the electronic line calling. I think it you know eliminates the human error um, there were some some kinks that needed to be worked out last year with, with our vendor for that. However, um, they continue to do many, many tournaments, and most of the major tournaments are going to be going to electronic line calling. Mo- most of them have it now. So, um, you know, it's something that uh, players, I believe, like. And, um, you know, we want to continue thinking forward and and you know, realizing that the the evolution is going there. And so uh, we're excited to continue to have it. Yeah. It, I, does part of it relate to, and this is part two of my follow-up, the player experience itself? Like, I'm curious if players prefer the electronic line calling, if you've heard that in your feedback. I do think that seems to be the way the game is trending. I mean, certainly if the technology is more accurate, as it seems to be, why would we not try to employ it as it becomes more cost-effective? Like, part of that is part of it related to ensuring these players have these experiences, not just off court, which I want to talk about as well, but on the court that, you know, again, they can trust the accuracy of the electronic line calling. Yeah. I mean, look, when it, when it, when there's glitches, uh, they would rather have, you know, human beings do it when there's no glitches, they'd rather have the electronic line calling. So, you know, having the system work, um, perfectly is, is the goal for everyone. And, um, you know, the, the, the more that the, the systems are used, the better they're going to become and the less glitches there are. So, you know, we have confidence in, in, in Fox 10 and uh, they're excited to be there. And I, I think, uh, you know, we'll keep our fingers crossed that it runs smoothly. Do you think they'll let me do an out call edition just like for one of the matches where I can just go like out or just do something <laughs> a little different? And then so all the fans get a little chuckle every time it happens. Um, you know, again, just throw some spice into the mix. But, 
you know, more broadly about the player experience, I do want to get back to that because, you know, again, I've, I've gotten to see these players. Not only are they treated to first-class hotels, first-class meals, you guys spared no expense, but things like making sure players have the opportunity to maybe go to a Phoenix Suns basketball game or get to explore other of the many things that the city of Phoenix has to offer. Why is that such an important part to you of this event? Well, I think if we can provide some entertainment on some off days or off times for the players, they, they, they'll feel more at home. They'll enjoy their time here in Phoenix. They'll re, you know have some memories here. You know, we've been fortunate to, to be able to get a lot of the players to the Suns games over the years. Unfortunately, this year during the week, there's no games. There's a couple early on. Um, so if some players are in early, we'll see what we can do to, to, to get them to some Suns games. Um, you know, but we're always thinking, you know, whether they're, you know, hockey, we've gotten guys to the hockey, to the, to the, you know, the Coyotes games, which, which is a favorite amongst a lot of the Europeans, but, um, you know, their spring training baseball, you know, whatever is, is, is out there during this time of year, we will try to accommodate the players uh, with some social, you know, interests that they might have. But I, you know, primarily the goal for these players is to make sure that they're prepared for their matches and get good night's sleep. And uh, if they can fit something in, then great for sure. Yeah, and look, Scottsdale's not that far either. And I'm not saying I did see any players out there, but I'm not saying I didn't see any players out right. there as well. So there's so much the city has to offer. And, you know, again, I do think that speaks to why the fields have been what they are to have the opportunity to play. It's such a beautiful facility, have the opportunity to explore the city and, you know, again, have that playing opportunity right after Indian Wells, so valuable also. But you look at this year's field, you mentioned it already. 10 top 50 players. The rankings cutoff is number 69 to get into the main draw. Anything below that, you're going to have to come through qualifying. How mm-hmm. excited are you, Johnny, to for this it's, 2024 edition? It's off the charts. I mean, we just, I mean, the, the, the field it continues to get better and better. And, you know, we, we feel so fortunate to have the week that we have. Um, you know, this year we have three Americans that are, that are in the main draw and, you know, Mackie McDonald and Marcus Garone and Chris Eubanks. I mean, that that's pretty strong for us. Um, you know, a lot of the Americans like the week off in between, they can go home and train, but to have these three top guys in our draw in our initial field is, is just fantastic. And then you add, you know, last year's champion in, in Nuno Borges, um, Shevchenko, who's, you know, risen to the top 50 now, um, you know, there's just a slew of guys. Max Purcell has been playing amazing. You got Jack Draper, um, you know, a lot of young guys, a um, lot of, lot of great, you know, talent in this field. And then we still have our wild cards to give out, which, uh, we feel that we're going to get some, some great names with our wild cards as well. No, it's, I am overwhelmed. Like I'm already thinking, oh my goodness, what am I going to do with my time and my opportunities? And hopefully again, players will be as kind as they were last year and willing to participate with us. And yeah, this is a, a tangent, I suppose, for you, but I don't know how many of them are in the field as were last year. There was an ongoing card game amongst the French male players on site, seemingly at all moments. I don't know if you remember it as well as I do, Johnny. You might have been a little bit more uh, busy, you know, running around trying to run the darn event, but 
I feel like there's a sponsorship opportunity there. Where the again, as long as this card game going, we have it sponsored. We'll get we'll get the food set up. We'll have something for the uh, people in the VIP tent to enjoy this game as well. I feel like there's an opportunity there for us as part of the fan engagement because it was maybe my favorite thing to monitor outside of the tennis. Well, it is fun to watch those guys go at it. Uh, and the French guys always seem to have a lot of fun. We've got a lot of French guys that just missed the cutoff this year. Yeah. And you got Rinderknock and you've got uh, Benoit Pair and you've got Hugo Gaston. These guys, you know, did not make the initial cutoff. Uh, Alexander Muller. It's, it's just really hard to believe some of these names that didn't get into the main draw, but hopefully there's still opportunities through either wild card or, or the qualifying. And um, then there'll be some dropouts from, from guys reaching the third round sure. so that the, the, the list could go down a bit, but um, we love the French guys. And I think they've always enjoyed coming, coming here. Richard, yeah, Ricard Gasquet uh, has been a regular at the, at the, at the event. And uh, so we, we were very, very pro French here at, in Phoenix. Yeah, no, I mean, again, it, it was so fun to just see. You got a little bit of everything. Like, again, the quality of the field last year, so spectacular. And, you know, again, the fact that there are top, 10 top 50 players. You have so many young stories as well, players like a Jack Draper, who's rising up the rankings. A guy who Christopher Eubanks is a little bit older, but obviously his ascent a little bit more recent. I mean, Marcos yeah. Giron, I think, just went finals Dallas, semifinals Delray Beach. So he's coming in as a top 50 player as well. There's a storyline for everyone from the player field and you know obviously again for those curious how do i secure my ticket to this event where can i get involved uh you want to tell us a little bit more about that johnny yeah i mean tickets can be there's a link if uh people can go to our website at arizonatennisclassic.com there'll be a link for tickets the company that is handling the mobile ticketing this year is Tixr, T-I-X-R, and they will show all the sessions. Monday is uh, the qualifying. Tuesday will be a mix of the second round of qualifying and the first round of the main draw. And then Tuesday night, we will start with our night session at 7 p.m. So the, the day session will start at 10 a.m. And there will be a night and a day session Tuesday through Friday. And then on Saturday and Sunday, we'll play midday the semifinals and the finals and, you know, barring no weather issues. But uh, like I said, you know, the tickets are easy to to find on the website to get to, to be able to purchase them and there's packages and there's assigned seating. And so there's a lot of opportunities, a lot of good seats left. We even have a couple sponsorships available. uh, If, if people are interested in doing something like that, our sponsorship base has been phenomenal. Uh, We have uh, a few lead sponsors and, We've had pretty much 98% renewal on, on the sponsors from last year uh, and a lot of new ones. So we're super excited about the interest level. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it, it makes for hopefully a fantastic week of tennis and entertainment and we're super excited. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part last year, I'll never forget flying in. I see these baseball fields just lit up and I'm looking at my watch. I'm like, it's like 8 p.m. Pacific. I know it's like spring training, but what's going on? And then I realized, oh, the World Baseball Classic's going on and they're playing in Phoenix. And I knew just right then I was in for quite the week and it exceeded even my highest expectations. But, you know, the best part about it all, obviously something I wanted to get back to is this event not only supports 
the Phoenix tennis community, but it's an event meant to benefit Phoenix Children's Hospital. And for our listeners who may be unfamiliar with what you guys try to do at the tournament with uh, the Phoenix Children's Hospital, can you talk a little bit about why that piece is so important to you in this Arizona Tennis Classic? Yeah, I mean, we've partnered with Phoenix Children's Hospital, who, um, you know, we're very close with, and they've been a great partner for us. And we are a nonprofit under the umbrella of Arizona Tennis Charities. And so all of the net proceeds that we that we get from the tournament go to the Phoenix Children's Hospital. Last year, we raised $124,000, uh, which was the highest that we've had since we've had the tournament. We also give uh, a nice donation to a, a group called Serve the Future, which is run by, that's another nonprofit run by Leslie Banks, who does mentoring uh, kids through through the sport of tennis, and these kids are typically from underserved communities throughout Phoenix, and, and they're, they're primarily high school kids, and she does a phenomenal job with them, and so we like to help her, too, to help some of the kids and, and through tennis, and uh, so that's been a great organization to partner with as well. So the two of those groups are the beneficiaries, and um, and, and it's worked out real well. Yeah. Well, phenomenal tennis for a phenomenal cause. Uh, obviously, I cannot wait to get back down there, see you, see Andy, see the entire crew, because uh, sincerely, it's one of my favorite events to attend. Now, before I let you go, I do want to pick your tennis brain, because as I mentioned at the top, former All-American, double slam quarter finalist, all these different accolades that speak for themselves. I don't anticipate either of these players are going to be at our event, although I suppose a wild card's available for them should an early exit at Indian Wells occur. But I'm curious. You get calls from both. They ask you to sign a non-compete so you can only agree to one. Carlos Alcaraz or Yannick Sinner call you and they say, Johnny, we want you in our coaching camps moving forward. Who do you pick and why? And this is assuming that Alcaraz's ankle is fine, correct? Uh, uh, that the MRI came back. It's day-to-day, but he's going to be fine. You know, I love Yannick Sinner. I mean, he is a true champion and he's got many more titles to come, but the pizzazz and the excitement of shot making of Carlos Alcaraz is, um, I think would have to trumpet for right now. I'd have to go with Carlos Alcaraz. There are people who say his first step reminds them a lot of your first step from back in the day. Is that true? I don't think so, but uh, <laughs> it'd, be nice, it'd be nice to think that. But uh, boy, is he, a, is he, those two guys are the future of, of you know, tennis uh, at the highest levels. And, uh, you know, everyone was so concerned about the demise of, you know, Federer and Nadal and eventually Djokovic leaving the game. What were we going to be? But with these two guys and, and a few of the others right behind him, I think tennis is in really good hands right now. Yeah, no, I, uh, I I couldn't agree with you more. And uh, sincerely, uh, I think not only do you get to see those two shine, I think everyone who's in the field, guys like Jack Draper, who you mentioned earlier, again, that's another young rising talent. But the only reason the lefty's not in the top 30 right now is because he was injured for a lot of last season. And, 
you know, again, there are young Americans you can point to as well. There are young players from every corner of the globe, it feels like, who are talented. And thankfully, we're going to get to see a lot of them in action, uh, certainly at the Arizona Tennis Classic here in 2024. And, you know, I'm eternally grateful I'm going to have the chance to attend that event, hopefully get the chance to speak with a bunch of them, as well as you when we are there. Uh, Again, for everyone looking for more information on the event, you can check out the website. I believe it's just ArizonaTennisClassic.com. Go get your tickets. You're not going to want to miss out. I certainly will not be missing out uh, on any of the action. I'm so very much looking forward to seeing you there. So, Johnny Levine, thank you, as always, for taking the uh, time to chat with us. And thank you for including us in your event. Well, thanks a lot, Alex. We're we're super excited to have you guys out there with us. And um, I know you'll be after a lot of interviews, and we'll get you on court a little bit. And uh, the excitement that you bring to to what you do is is phenomenal, and we we really appreciate you finding a slot to to come out for a few days to Phoenix. Yeah, it is my pleasure. And again, be safe, be healthy. I look forward to seeing you soon, my friend. Thanks, Alex. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with Arizona Tennis Classic founder and, again, dear friend of our Crack Rackets team, Johnny Levine. A thank you to him, as always, for taking the time to chat. Love always hearing his insight into all things happening in the tennis world. Of course, immensely grateful uh, for the opportunity he's granting our Crack Rackets team to come down to Phoenix, play any sort of role in covering the event. That's obviously something coming up in a couple of weeks, so be on the lookout for more coverage, more conversations about all things 2024 Arizona Tennis Classic across our various platforms in the near future, whether it be on this show, the Mini Break Podcast, Great Shot Podcast feed, or on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel as well. By the way, if you missed out on any of our content, make sure you're subscribed to all of our podcasts. Subscribe to our Crack Rackets YouTube channel, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Make sure you're following as well because we got a lot of fun things on the horizon. Obviously, I've got a road trip ahead of me, Indian Wells, Phoenix on the horizon. Got a lot of fantastic college tennis coverage coming up as well. ACC, SEC, Big 12 coverage on ESPN Plus, the Big 10 on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel every Sunday. So again, make sure you're following so that you don't miss out on anything happening in the tennis world. A shout out as always to the tireless efforts of our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the f- of an editing job he does day in, day out, making all of our content possible. With all that said, though, for our fantastic guest, Johnny Levine, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, and from everyone here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.